I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. This is episode... Six. Six of our October 2021 theme month, Horror Movies. And continuing the original from our very Very first first episode, episode, we are continuing in the Halloween series. Nate, tonight we watched Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Indeed. Have you seen this before? I've seen part of this before. Okay. What was your familiarity coming into tonight? My familiarity coming into tonight is a big spoiler, which I actually thought was how the film ended, but it's not. It's the original mask sequence. Okay. The first kid. Yeah. And this would have been sometime in the early 90s. I think it was, it must have been in elementary school because it was trick-or-treating, and I think I stopped by by, uh, middle school. But we were over at the home of the Olsons, and my that lived a couple doors down, and my brother Colin was good friends with Dan Olson. And I forget if we were, first, I guess it was probably after trick-or-treating, or maybe we were getting ready to go. We were probably getting ready to go now that I think about it. And this was on in the background. And I saw the scene where the little kid puts on the mask and turns into snakes and bugs and stuff. Absolutely horrified by it. I was yeah. disgusted by that. It's like, how could this? This is not appropriate. This is not. <laughs> it's kind of prudish towards it, and it is legitimately scary. Like it's it's a it's a this is a weird movie. Yes. It's scary, but not in a, a traditional. I don't know if I want to call it existentially scary because it's too weird to really be existential horror but it's unsettling that's probably the word for it it's corporate horror it is corporate horror yeah with a little bit of the wicker man thrown in for flavor yeah what i was mostly familiar with coming into tonight was that this is what john carpenter originally envisioned for the halloween series yeah he wanted it to be an anthology like a twilight zone yeah and michael myers was only supposed to be a, a single movie hmm so this is where he wanted the the rest of this to go. So he, the studio forced him to do a second with Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. And then he insisted on going back to his anthology format for this one. It's a misfire. I don't know if it works for me. We'll we'll get into kind of some of my final thoughts or maybe I'll skip ahead. I don't know. This this it's 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 really weird. Where does the the word I'd use to describe it and frankly I kind of liked it because it was weird. Because uh, it's hard to think of anything quite like this, and it certainly was an original concept, and it's it's its own kind of scary. It's kind of silly too. At, at, at it's places. very flawed too. Yeah, yeah. We got Tom Atkins, Thrill Me, our cop from Night of the Creeps, plays a uh, Doctor Daniel Chalice. And he is a medical doctor who one night he's called into the hospital and there's this crazy man who's clutching a Halloween mask and is brutally murdered. His skull's crushed later that night and it disturbs him. And he is eventually sought out by the man's daughter, played by Stacy Nelkin, Ellie Grimbridge. Grimbridge. And they, they figure out something's up forget exactly how they come to the conclusion that it has to do with the masks. Because he, uh, so in the hospital, he's passed out on the gurney, and then the commercial comes on, and he c- comes to, 
and says they're going to kill us all, and then they have to resedate him. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Chalice is... Sorry, I'm distracted by myself by a joke I've, I've been trying to avoid not oh, to make. Oh, okay. Our overly sexualized doctor's name is Chalice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems a little on point. Um, but yeah, so Chalice realizes, hey, there's something going on with these masks. And then Brimbridge, you know, says, oh, my dad didn't get his order. There was something wrong with the order, blah, blah, blah. Let's go look for it. And they, two of them head off together to this small town. It's an Irish-themed town. I don't think I wrote down the name of the town in the movie, but the actual town where it was filmed is called Loretta, Loretta, California, in Humboldt County, Northern California, which is where Northern California is the what the title card says at, at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. But they go down there. It's a weird town founded by an Irishman, and it's the Silver Shamrock. It was a toy company, became a novelty company that's selling these uh, Halloween masks and advertising the heck out of these things. Just It's got this very annoying commercial that has played many times over the course of the film to the tune of London Bridge is falling down because it's X more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. It's X more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. And so they go to the town and they eventually end up on this kind of factory tour with this family that is... He's the number one one salesman of the mask. And the guy, Dan O'Hurlhey, plays... Connell Cochran. Who's the guy that runs and and owns this factory. It's been in his family for a couple generations. I kind of liked him. Just the the performance that that he gives. Yeah. Uh, He seems to be very ingratiating, but he has weird ideas that he plans to put into effect. What they have done is they've stolen the Moonstone from Stonehenge. The Blue Stone, the blue I believe stone. they call it. And possibly some other artifacts. or like No, it's healthy. just it's the stone from, from uh, Stonehenge, and it's they're taking a, a small portion of it and Which putting it hold up. in these chips, the yeah. microchips that they're attaching to the masks. To because it's got some power. Yeah. Well, they put a microchip into the label that they're putting on the masks, and they're putting the, the a, a fragment of the stone from Stonehenge into this microchip because he tells because Cochran tells us that even just a, a tiny portion has power. Yeah. Because he's this weird wicker man type neo pagan. From in this case Ireland, ancestrally. Well, but he has got these s- ideas. He's got some sort of plot to end Halloween. Yeah, because he says that people have forgotten the true meaning of Halloween, which was not about running around and begging for candy. It was about dark stuff. And he talks about. It seems like his theory was to kind of curb the population, like that there was kind of like a natural curbing that he wanted to do, but basically. He's cursed these masks so that, and and he's built up this thing about all the children need to show up on Halloween night to watch this this big giveaway, and they are transmitting things in the commercial giveaway thing that activates the power in the mask, and literally the children's skulls cave in on themselves and become various bugs and snakes, and it's it's really pretty gross. It's pretty it's a, it's a scary concept. Yeah. 
But there's a number of logistical problems with this. Do you have further thoughts before I go into this? There's just a whole bunch of plot holes. You know, like when when they're at the factory and Ellie Grimbridge is separated from Daniel Chalice and then he goes and rescues her after a fairly short period of time. Have they created a robotic version yeah, of we her? we forgot to mention they make mechanical people. That's the other part of his plan. Well, but he's a toy maker mm-hmm. who we see has made very complex toys over the course of his life. And the next iteration is these robot people who look so lifelike, you know. Mm-hmm. But so did It's they, just another version of a mask. So did they create a robot version of Ellie Grimbridge in that short period of time? Or did they take her skin and put it on a robot? Also in a very implausibly short period of time. Mm-hmm. My concern is less of the mechanics of the far-fetched robot people than it is with the logistics of the plan and how many kids he's going to get. Because the advertisement talks about tune in at nine. Now, presumably, you can only do this once. You can only do a one. I mean, it's a giveaway. It's going to be a nationwide feed at nine o'clock California time. Freaking midnight on the East Coast. You're not going to get any of those East Coast kids. And it's part of a horathon where, and they make this joke several well, times in the film, where they're showing the original Halloween movie. That's not a movie for kids. Yeah. And, and they bought a time on all three networks. And at the end of the film, the desperate Dr. Chalice gets somebody on the phone and somehow convinces that person in a position to cut the feed. For all three. For all three networks. He definitely succeeds with two of them, but it's left ambiguous about the last network, whether they're able to, to get that cut off. So I don't know how many kids you'd get. I well, don't think I you'd think, get that many. Um, my understanding was they only cared about getting... A limited number because then it was going to instill such fear in everyone else. It would destroy Halloween, I think. Yeah. I don't think you'd be... They make that joke earlier. He won't take my my orders for, for next, next year. year. Well, maybe there's not going to be a Halloween next year. There wouldn't be. Yeah. And what are these guys doing placing a mask order a full year in advance? Yeah. And there's, not, there's only three masks. There's a pumpkin, there's the skull, there's the witch. Yeah. That's not enough variety. That's because I rem- this is the season of The Witch. I remember as a kid, it was important to me that my Halloween costumes be... I didn't want everybody to have the same costume as me. So kids like the, to personalize, and these are not sufficiently personalized. I don't know. I don't know that they're personalizing that much anymore. Yeah. You know. So that part semi-holds up. That might be the most realistic part of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What did you make of that blowing up of the factory? I kind of, it was fine. Dropping all of the chips. Oh yeah, that was kind of neat. See, that was weird, and 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 you know, it's not that's not the solution in every movie. Like that, like it's distinct, and that's the the strongest thing that this movie has going for it is it's got a really distinct flavor to it. It's yeah, it's definitely different. I also like like I like Tom Atkins. I think he's he's a he's a good lead, and then I like Stacy Nelkin. Nelkin, uh, she looks like Jennifer Beals. That's who I kept thinking of in this. Yeah. And then Dan O'Hurley was um, when I was watching that part at first. I'm like, well, do you want to get like a Joseph Cotton or somebody for that part? 
and and O'Hurley worked a lot for a long time, but he's not really a name. You know, it's not somebody it was instantly recognizable, and I think that kind of helped because you didn't really have like preconceptions of this is a nice guy or this is a bad guy. I, th- I thought he did a fine job. A very enigmatic character. Another interesting note on this movie is that you know, so this this factory is supposed to be producing children's masks, mm-hmm. and yet they openly admit that no one can watch the finishing process because the amount of caustic, you know, volatile chemicals, chemicals that they're using in finishing the children's masks. Like they're openly admitting that they're making these masks hazardous and everyone loves them anyway. It's, well, this, yeah. the, the guy who, who's interested in see, the, the top salesman wants to say, I want to just a peek at the finishing process. He's like, no, we use volatile chemicals. He just absolutely accepts it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, Volatile it was the chemicals. 80s. So, yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so, you did not care for Halloween 3, The Season of the Witch. It was okay. It was not what I expected from a Halloween movie. Did you know anything about the plot with turning the heads into... No. No? No. Because that was the like the one thing I knew about this movie. That's the, where the mask turned the kids into bugs and snakes. Yeah. It's yeah, I didn't know much about it, but I did notice that this movie won one award. Ooh, I'm not even gonna make ask you to guess because I it's know from it's, the National Association of Advertisers Innovative Commercial Award. <laughs> it won best DVD Blu-ray collection as part of the Halloween the Complete Collection, so it didn't even actually win on its own. Oh yeah. It was a nominee for a Saturn Award for Best Poster Art. (laughs) Yeah. Good Uh, for it. Yeah. This had a budget of $2.5 million. Oh, wow. So for a major motion picture, not not a huge budget. Opening weekend, $6.3 million domestically. A domestic gross of fourteen point four million, and it's saying that it has the same in terms of a worldwide gross. So I don't. I assume that number is off, but yeah, made money. Yeah, horror movies always seem to make money. Yeah, they do. Doesn't necessarily make sense because some of them are not great, uh, but they seem to make money. Yeah, oftentimes people are going to a horror movie and not particularly discerning. What would you rate Halloween 3, Season of the Witch? I'm torn. You're right in that it was something new. I had not anticipated that or, or you know, where this movie went. But it's not, it's not great. No, it's um, not. I think it sells what it's selling as about as well as you could. Yeah. I don't know how you could make this, mo- this movie better oh, I, I in, can't, in any significant way. I don't know how you necessarily make it any better either. The question is just whether it should have been made. It's It's got an aggregate score on IMDb of five stars. I'm torn whether to go higher or lower. Uh, you know, I'm going to probably end up right around that same five-star rating that it gets its aggregate score is. You could probably convince me to, to, to make it a six, but I could just as easily be convinced to give it four stars. Okay. What about you? What would you rate well, what this What are movie? you rating it on the four-star scale? One. Really? Yeah. You did not like it. It wasn't great. It's a I mean, one, but it's a six. It's it's like a five. I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. You thought it was poor. You didn't even think it was fair. 
Okay, I'll give it you two need, stars. You need to move that up, bucko. Okay. Two stars on the four-star scale. Okay. I'm giving it two. I mean, maybe a one. I, this is on time. I'll give it a half. It's a one and a half. It's a one and a half. I, I liked it. I didn't love it. As I mentioned before, I liked that it was different and weird. And that pushes it up from what would have been two stars to two and a half. Because I, I admire the going out on the limb and doing something different of it. And I would give it six on the 10-star scale. Yeah. Nice. Now we have a real challenge. Ranking our six films. Yes. Now, I'm curious which ones you think are going to be my top. Well, I think The Exorcist is going to be the top. Yes, Exorcist is number one. I think that's pretty obvious. And I assume that's the case for both of us. Mm -hmm. Have you ranked your six? I have ranked my six. What do you think is going to be number two for me? For number two for you, Carnival of Souls. Absolutely. I loved that movie. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. Indeed. Yeah, that was the surprise of this month for me. Okay. Yeah. And then what's your number three? Let's see. Number three would probably have to be... Night of the Hunter? Yes, Night of the Hunter. Number four would be Muppets Haunted Mansion. Halloween 3 is number five. And Critters Attack is number six. All right. Well, I will... uh, I think we we probably know what my... uh, one and six is, but I'll work my way up from six. Number six is Critters Attack, which was awful. Number five is Muppet Haunted Mansion. Number four is Halloween 3. Uh, number three is Carnival of Souls. Number two, Night of the Hunter. And number one, The Exorcist. Yeah. So we're, we're close in our top three. We agree on our bottom. Yeah. Critters Attack was not great. What is the other conclusion we have come to this month, Nate? That that Rob only gets to choose one Halloween movie next year. <laughs> yep, that's my punishment from mm-hmm. having <laughs> having picked Critters Attack. Yeah. So, yeah. What else do you have to say about Halloween Three? I think I've said what I have to say about Halloween Three. I yeah. I, I think it's it's its own thing. Yeah. You liked it a, a decent amount. I huh? did. I did. I, I thought it was yeah. How do you think it falls in the series of the Halloween movies thus far? Well, it's the, the, it's the bottom of the three that we've, I've seen thus far. Yeah. And obviously it represented a, a, a bit of a misfire for the franchise because they never went back to the uh, anthology. To the anthology. Thing. Yeah. It's all about well, the Michael Myers. He also sold the franchise after this. Mm. I'm curious. Like, Part of me wants to know if he hadn't sold the rights to the franchise after this if he would have ever made another attempt at the anthology and maybe what it would have turned into. Cause both of us can appreciate an anthology series mm-hmm. if it's decently executed. I just didn't think this one was even decently executed. So, well, if there's nothing else to add, I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate record a podcast. I was going to look at some trivia. Do you know this is based on a book? Well, no. Yeah. By uh, Dennis Etchinson. Well, no, it's that's a novelization. The movie's novelization oh. was published in 1982. I see. I've never read a novelization. I mean, I think as a kid, the really condensed ones for like Disney movies. I read a novelization of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Did it live up to the source material? I honestly don't remember. Uh, I think... My parents still have a paperback version of it, but I don't know. 
the voice of the operator that Chalice keeps getting when he tries to call out of Santa, Santa Maria or Santa Mira is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I, I knew that one. I didn't know that one. Because when you Google the movie, it shows her in the cast, and I'm like, wow, she's in the other Halloween movies, and then it's uh, like operators. Oh, okay. Uh, the small town of Santa Mira, California, was also the setting for Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh. Which I am honestly thought, uh, maybe I will watch that tonight. I was thinking, yeah. about, I go home, maybe I'll watch that in the background. It's a good movie. One from the 50s. One from the 70s is okay. Yeah. Have you watched both already? Oh, yeah. yeah. I watched them last year. Well, there wasn't anything else worth mentioning out of the trivia, so. So I'm curious where the disconnect is, like why this works for you but doesn't work for me. Uh, you know, it's 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 a, it's it's Corman-esque in some ways. It's it's this kind kind of uh I don't know what the word I'm grappling for. The pulpiness of it, maybe it's it's like something you'd read in, in a, amazing stories, or you know, yeah. It's just it's it's not high art, yeah. But I think it works for what it is. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that in the rankings this ended up ahead of uh, Haunted Mansion for you. Yeah, Haunted Mansion, there was nothing there. Yeah, I mean it was Muppets. Hmm. There were Muppets there, hmm. so there were. Yep. Final. No, that was my joke. The joke was final joke. <laughs> it's dry. Like a Muppets joke. Indeed. Maybe the joke got repossessed. <laughs> <laughs> what would you read? Beep. Looks like we are working. We're good? Everything seems to be fun with the other files? Yeah. Well, just uh, testing levels now. Well, you're testing levels, are you? Well, I'm mm-hmm. not testing levels myself. You know what? Uh, my problem with with our with our finishing process is the volatile chemicals. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Well, it's because you don't do the finishing process. I do. It's a trade secret. Yeah.